maybe hope, maybe even for us. We need a lot more people raising the ruckus. Start making a fuss, start giving up. And get out into the streets and there may be hope. Hello, you're listening to KUBU, Low Power FM Radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele. We're on weekly at this day and time. The program is brought to you by 350 Sacramento, a local climate action group inspired by 350.org. I'll be your host, and each program will provide you with local, regional, and national news about climate change, as well as local calendar events, interviews, and more. For more details, including past radio programs, or if you have questions or comments, please visit 350sacramento.org. Hello, Sacramento. It's time again for the Climate Report. Last Friday, youth all around the world took action by striking for the climate. Today, we'll hear from local youth and the mayor at the Capitol, Portland youth, and young voices in other countries around the world before ending the show with more local input from Sacramento voices. Prepare to be impressed and motivated. Music today, we don't have time. And now, get ready. It's time for the Climate Report. Dear politicians, I am terrified. I am terrified because the climate crisis isn't rapidly approaching. It is right here, right now. I am hopeful because there is still time to change our destructive ways. But the clock is ticking on the climate emergency and the time for action is now. You are fighting for my children, for my generation, and for every living thing on earth as we know it. The people have spoken, demanding systemic change and a just transition off of fossil fuels. One way or another, our movement will win. In the words of Greta Thunberg, founder of the Fridays for Future and the Climate Strike Movement, change is coming whether you like it or not. So now the decision is yours. Will you speak up and protect your constituents? Or will you choose to be spineless, bowing down to corporate interests, and being scolded by a 13-year-old girl? It is happening all over the world, in Tanzania and Uganda, India and Indonesia, Poland, Ukraine, and Germany. It's also happening all over Oregon, in Medford, Grants Pass, Roseburg, Eugene, Seaside, and throughout the Portland metro area. Students are walking out of school and leading marches to try to compel their governments to do more to act on climate change. Jaden Wynn is one of the organizers of the protest in Portland. He is a junior at Wilson High School. He joins us now on the line. Jaden, welcome back to the show. Hey there, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thanks very much for taking time. Where, where are you right now? Right now, we're actually on the East Bank Esplanade, which is just south uh, or just north of the Omsi building. Um, and I'm marching with the other protesters. And Dave, I got to tell you, like, I can look back behind me and I can see the protest and the march on the other side of the Hawthorne Bridge. Like, huh. it's so long. What have you spent the day doing so far? What have I spent? Um, 
So I woke up and I went to school and then I led the walkout for Wilson High School. Um, and then we took buses down to, um, the, to Terry Trunk Plaza across from City Hall. Um, and so we started the protest and there was chanting and it was really awesome to see people arriving, you know. Um, and then we gave our, I gave a speech with, um, Ella Schreiner, who is one of the other youth organizers. Um, she's a senior at Grant High School. And so we talked about some of our demands to the city of Portland. Um, and then we literally took a mad sprint through the city with the protest to get to the front of the line and see what's going on. And I mean, I can still see it all the way back on the other side of the Hawthorne Bridge right now. Still people marching. Yesterday morning, as I'm sure you know, Mayor Ted Wheeler of Portland, he tweeted out support for a declaration of a climate emergency, something um, that activists have been pushing for. Um, Is that enough in your mind? Well, yeah, so that was actually one of our demands is the climate um, emergency resolution is, a, I mean, it's a great idea, um, but in a lot of ways, he, um, you know, Mayor Ted Wheeler didn't take into account community engagement, and that was something that the policy outlines is community engagement. So I think that while it is an incredible step forward, there is more to be done. I mean, he's tra- it's in my mind and in the mind of the other organizers, this piece of res of this declaration and piece of legislature is being pushed through too fast through the city of Portland. Um, and it, there's shortcuts being taken and frontline groups and those who are being most affected by climate change are not being consulted in the ways that they need to be. So I think that it's a great start and I think there's a long way to go still. What are the policies you want to see enacted at the local level to combat climate change? <laughs> yeah, I think that... Uh, great start start is we have learned since um the passing of that policy that you just mentioned the 100 percent renewables policy that 2050 is and even 2035 which is another you know another uh milestone date with they which they talk about that's far too late um we have according to the intergovernmental panel on climate change we have 10 and a half years from now and that puts us in 2030 so i think that a first great position to start at is by 2030, we need to have that, you know, 80% cut because we have to be in a place where our world in the, is in and out, can work its way back to a sustainable climate um, and a stable future and that the effects that we're seeing of climate change don't become permanent. So I think that that's one really great place to start. Another piece of policy that we really want to see is actually a, um, a climate test policy. And basically the idea would be that... Um, for every single piece of legislation, every single policy, every single law that goes through city government, it's checked pretty much against a climate test to make sure that we're not passing any more laws, policies, or legislation, um, or ordinances for that matter, which are in any way uh, negatively taking steps back in terms of the fight for a better, brighter future um, and reducing our emissions. What is next in terms of this student-led movement? Yeah, so um, I think that there's a couple of things on the, you know, on the citywide level is making sure that we're staying involved in terms of this uh, climate emergency declaration. Um, we really want to see Mayor Wheeler come through on the demands that we made on a more uh, statewide level is we want to see um, some a similar bill to the Clean Energy Jobs Bill be instituted uh, um, within the state legislature this year. And we, you know, it can't happen again what happened the last legislative session cannot happen again this year. 
we need a bill to be passed. Our time is dwindling, and it needs to happen. So that's another thing that we're really fighting for. And I think the last thing is one of the other demands that we made to Portland Public School District was, hey, we want to have a climate summit this spring of 2020. And they said, we're going to help make that happen. We're going to help provide the opportunity for you to have a climate summit in the spring of 2020 where young people... Portland community members, teachers and administrations can come together and figure out ways so that students can receive education around climate change. This one goes out to planet Earth. Uh. Each one teach one. Listen, listen, there's a distant sound. Yeah. Coming closer soon, it's all around. It's all around. Hear me, hear me, time is running out. Come on. Come on, tell them what it's all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. We're running out of time, running out of air. Yeah. Gotta keep it clean, show me you care. Wherever you are, you gotta wake up. Come on. We got a job to do, so stand up. Yeah. Salute life, not the general. Play fair, with your morals. We can be united as the nation. For our planet, running out of patience. Yeah. You're listening to KUBU, Low Power FM Radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele. Just 
and to all the young people who are saying loud and clear at the California Capitol, don't take our future away from us. So I want to start with just a couple of important points. You know, some people say climate change, it's an existential crisis, as if 30 or 40 years from now we're going to have to worry about it. It's not an existential crisis, it's a state of emergency right now in 2019. Others say that thank God we have young people who are caring and who are deciding to take the mantle of leadership. And that is, I would say, 90% true. But there's one part of it which I've got to just say that we adults cannot just hand it over to young people. We need to take the action now. And you are inspiring us, not saying to us, hand it over or wait for us because we'll fix the world. You are inspiring us and pushing us, frankly, to take the action now. And that is what we must do together. This is not an issue where we can think or act in small ways. We have to think and act in big ways. And climate change is inextricably linked with income inequality and the lack of equity in our society. There are too many people left out, too many people having a hard time, too many communities that are affected by pollution and bad air quality. This coalition will be even stronger when it merges with the equity coalitions in California to say, we want a better world, we want a better community, we want fairness, we want bold action, now, now, now. We can do a million small things, and we must, like compost, recycle, plant trees. That's very, very important. But we must also do big things. And it starts in Sacramento, and it starts in California. We've got to... I want to talk for just a moment about this building behind us. Because it also starts with thinking about power differently than the conventional way, especially for young people. I worked in this building for 14 years, and I had the privilege of meeting many young people. And a lot of times, young people, all people, not just young people, come into the building, and they think that they are visiting the place where these important people work. And it's actually just the opposite. You're the important people, and the people who work in there work for you. The minute you, 
and we together start repeating what's happening out here today to say and believe we are the owners of this building. The young people are the owners of this building. You're never a visitor. Your power is enormous. Those of you who are 18, those of you who are 18, vote. Those of you who are not yet 18 will soon vote. Make everybody in a position of power, including me, pay attention. Pay attention to the power of your voices. You do not have to settle for a mediocre world. You don't have to settle for half steps. You don't have to settle for doomsday. There are so many things we can do that you are doing to change the course of this world and I can only encourage you to be in it for the long haul. It's great to be out here today. It's even more important that you show up here on a regular basis and make your activism a life commitment always and forever because that's the only thing that brings real change. Thank you very much, everyone. Don't seem to be doing that job for you. They probably don't understand. Who don't understand? Then, what do you want to say to the people in that building? Every child should be in school and they should be learning. They shouldn't be bunking off and it's very irresponsible for people to encourage children to do so. Kids, eh? They always think the grown-ups just don't get it. But now it looks like they're right. Today, that universal phenomenon manifested itself in a series of coordinated protests across the globe. From Australia to South Africa, from India to Greece, via Indonesia and many other countries, millions took to the streets. In London, outside Parliament, I met Akira, about to start university, and Orla, who took time out from school to be here. I'm in my final year of A-levels and I can't miss any lessons, every hour counts. But if we don't create change, there will be no point of me going to university, there won't be a point of me getting a high earning job. There's a lot going on in politics here right now that isn't focused on, <laughs> on this issue. Do you feel hopeful that this government or, or a future government will actually grapple with this? All you can do is hope that your voice will actually be heard because that's why you've elected them. If not, then it's literally an undemocratic country and we hope that's not the way the future is going to be. Given the existential nature of the threat, optimism is a striking feature of the climate movement. Perhaps that's because they feel the momentum is with them. A recent poll suggested that in Britain, concern about the environment is at an all-time high. Well, it's very clear what people here want. They want the government to take action on climate change. They want them to do it much faster than they're currently doing. But it seems like there's a huge disconnect between the people in this park and the people in that building. Political systems are often uh, short-termist. 
in the sense that they think about the, the upcoming election and they think about, hmm, should I be investing in something that is only later, that I can only re reap the benefits of later? However, climate change is something that is no longer a question of the later. It's a question of the now. But the way democracy works is that if a government inflicts economic pain on its citizens, they're then free to vote them out at the next election and somebody else can come in who's not going to do that in the short term. Which is why it's very interesting and very promising to see uh, so many people out on the streets now exercising their democratic right, especially those who don't yet have a, vote, a right to vote. Another reason for optimism among the protesters, perhaps, is that many believe the problem can be solved with a set of economic and environmental policies known as the Green New Deal. There's a lot of policies in play, but in summary what it is, is investing in new, in new industries which would bring a generation of new jobs that are clean, um, investing in homes so that they're not leaking energy into the sky and our energy bills are so high, into public transport. Much of the policy work in this area comes from the left. System change, not climate change, is a popular slogan. But those who've been at this for many years now see on the other end of the political spectrum they're beginning to embrace the issue too. I think they recognise they need to do something. I think they're still not actually doing what needs to be done. And so, you know, for example, we've still got a government that is, you know, supporting fossil fuels with vast subsidies, that is forcing fracking on communities up and down the country, that is planning to expand Heathrow Airport, that has no conception at all that our economic system needs to fundamentally change. To be fair, earlier this year the UK did become the first major economy to commit in law to ending its contribution to global warming by the middle of the century. But many believe the target needs to be much more ambitious. Jeremy Corbyn, Gabriel Gatehouse from Newsnight. Um, this government has committed itself to uh, net zero emissions by 2050, but these people here are saying that's far too late. Would you commit Labour to doing it sooner than that? Much sooner. How soon? I can't give you the exact date. I couldn't, I couldn't say within three, five years, but I think it can be much sooner than within that. Within the decade? Listen, it's got to be sooner than that because the uh, levels of global emissions are getting worse, global warming is getting worse, and the species and habitat loss is getting worse. So we also need trade policies that uh, reflect that. And so cutting our own emissions also means measuring the emissions from goods that we import. It was a solitary Swedish schoolgirl who propelled the climate to the front of the global agenda. Pressure is building on governments for collective and coordinated action. But will they? In an increasingly polarised world, the kids really are beginning to look like the grown-ups in the room. Well, earlier I spoke to Christiana Figueres, the former Executive Secretary of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. She led the negotiations on the 2015 Paris Agreement. I asked her if she felt let down by the political leaders who signed up to it. Do I feel let down? Well, let me take the case of the United States. I actually think it is a huge disadvantage for the United States, for the economy of the United States, that President Trump has decided that he will leave the Paris Agreement, which can only happen in November of next year. Because you see, the fact is that that vacuum in leadership that has been produced by the, the intent of the White House is quickly being occupied by other countries who totally understand that the process products and services that are decarbonized or the products and services that are of growing demand. And if you don't believe that, ask the people on the streets, because the people on the streets want decarbonized products and services, and particularly young people 
want to be working with companies that are actually aligned with the science. So the United States is sadly, at least in those states that are not continuing to decarbonize, they're leaving their competitive advantage. Um, and those states that continue will, of course, uh, be the states that provide the dovetailing for the United States to come back into the Paris Agreement once we have uh, different political leadership. <laughs> More than 1,200 people rallied at the California State Capitol building calling on lawmakers to act on climate change. That is that I think it's important to be here raising awareness instead of just sitting in classrooms and desks and stuff. Many protesting today are teenagers who say their generation will be most impacted by climate change. They're joining millions of students around the world, striking from class to call attention to the issue. We expected to be a great nation, state, or city when we continue using the toxic and dirty ways to power ourselves. Organizers want lawmakers to declare climate change an emergency. They want Governor Newsom to stop authorizing oil and natural gas projects and want government on all levels to help communities transition to renewable energy sources. 15-year-old Selena Enriquez of Elk Grove is a climate activist. She says we can all do our part. I want people to stop using single-use plastics. I want people to look at, can I bike here or can I take my car? What is the better option? Don't forget to check out my other radio program on KUBU, Making Tracks, focusing on wildlife, nature, and environmental issues every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m., right after the Climate Report. And be sure to tune in Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for Radio EcoShock and the latest on science, issues, and authors dealing with climate change and the environment on a global scale. Hosted and produced by Alex Smith. Don't miss it. You're listening to KUBU, Low Power FM Radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele, drawn weekly at this day and time. This program is brought to you by 350 Sacramento, a local climate action group inspired by 350.org. I'll be your host, and each program will provide you with local, regional, and national news about climate change, as well as local calendar events, interviews, and more. For more details, including past radio programs, or if you have questions or comments, please visit 350sacramento.org. There may be hope, maybe even for us. We need a lot more people raising the ruckus, start making a fuss, start giving a Get out into the streets and there may be hope 